Bethany Covenant Church Sermon Podcast. We are a multi-generational community in Berlin, Connecticut. Our services are held Sundays at 9.30 a.m., and you can find out more about us at www.bethanycovenant.org. Good morning. I love to run. Well, let me take that back. I used to love to run. During my years in high school and college, one of the sports that I enjoyed most was track and field. I was privileged to have some outstanding coaches throughout those eight years that not only taught me about the sport, but also applications to my everyday life. One of those things I learned was the importance of a good start. God blessed me with speed, but tempered me with little endurance. I was not made for the long runs, the half mile and the mile, but the 440, the 220, the 100, and the hurdles That was where I thrived. And in those distances, especially, the start is crucial. Stay down. Don't stand up too quickly. Drive with each step with all your might. The image that I had in my mind that kept me focused was that the starting gun was actually loaded and pointing at my bum. And my job was to get out of those blacks in a box and away so fast that the bullet would not hit me. I don't know if that helped me with better starts. All I know is that that's what I was thinking, and I was never hit by the bullet. Okay, I'm a bit strange, but that is what I thought when the gun was fired. There are many starting places in life. Starting school for the first time. Starting boot camp. Starting college. Starting a marriage relationship. Starting a new job. Starting a family. And somewhere in those starts, I pray there's a start of our relationship with Jesus, and if needed, a restart in that relationship. Each of these starting points has a mix of fear, excitement, and loss. Fear of the unknown. Excitement about the new adventure about to begin. And loss of the former things that will be missed because something new is taking place and things will change. How we start these new adventures is important to how we live out our life. A good start is the right place to begin. But I must say that a good start is even more important when life changes, but not because of our choices. God has given us a man who models for us great starts, and especially when the starts had nothing to do with his choices. Instead, They were forced upon him by others. I've spoken about this man before. He is one of my all-time favorite people in the Bible. We find him in the first book, Genesis. His name, Joseph. Joseph, the son of Jacob, also called Israel, after whom the Israeli people were named, was no ordinary son. He was the favorite son of Jacob. In fact, it was more than that. The Bible states that, quote, Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other sons, and Jacob had many other sons, Genesis 37, 3. The Bible continues to tell us that when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Soon after, When the brothers were tending the family sheep many miles away from home, 
Jacob sent his favorite son, Joseph, to see if all was well with them. When Joseph arrived, his brothers saw this as a chance to rid them of this 17-year-old privileged and spoiled brother of theirs. At first, they wanted to kill him. But later, instead, they sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Midianites who took him to Egypt. Genesis 37:28. We don't know how long it took to take Joseph to Egypt. We don't have any other information on this except this line. Quote, the Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. Genesis 37, 36. My guess, and it is a guess, is that Joseph lamented what was happening to him. He'd been sold by his older brothers into slavery. He was snatched away from his father, Jacob, who had watched over him so closely. He was being taken from his home to a foreign land. Yes, I would guess that Joseph lamented. Lamenting is a good place to start. Lamenting, however, is just the start. Listen to what happens with Joseph in Potiphar's house. From Genesis 39, beginning in verse 2. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything, he did. Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. End of Genesis 39.6. We can see in this story that the step beyond the assumed lament of Joseph was for him to become a blessing in his new surroundings. But there's more. Trouble begins stirring for Joseph. Potiphar's wife is after Joseph. The Bible holds nothing back, and we read that, quote, the master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me, Genesis 39, 7. Well, there's no question about what Potiphar's wife wants. The Bible account is clear. But Joseph's response is equally clear, and I quote him, he refused, Genesis 39, 8. Potiphar's wife, however, was persistent. We read, she spoke to Joseph day after day. He refused to go to bed with her or even be with her, Genesis 39.10. I don't sense from the Bible and what it says that Joseph was in any way internally tempted by Potiphar's wife. I can imagine, however, that there were many sleepless nights for Joseph as he wondered how this pursuit might end. It did end with a fabricated story to Potiphar of Joseph making sport with his wife. Potiphar believed his wife, and we are told that he took Joseph and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined, Genesis 39, 20. 
We're told nothing about Joseph's first night in that prison. I can only imagine Joseph's lament to God about the false accusation and wondering what comes next for him now. Lament. It's a good start. What we do know is this, and I read from Genesis 39, beginning in verse 20. While Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. Joseph had been sold into slavery by his brothers and in turn worked to prosper his master who had purchased him. Joseph had been falsely accused by his master's wife, is thrown into prison and now in prison works to prosper the warden as well as the prisoners. Lament is a starting place, but there's more to do than lament about the condition or the context of our life. Joseph's choices of action are examples of godly health and godly wholeness in his otherwise tragic life experiences. But there's more. While in prison, Joseph is given the responsibility to attend Pharaoh's chief baker and cupbearer, both of whom had offended Pharaoh. Joseph, with God's help, interpreted dreams they each had. The full account of the dreams and their interpretation can be found in Genesis chapter 40. The outcome for the baker was not good. He was executed. The outcome for the cupbearer was particularly good, and he was restored to the service of Pharaoh. What is noteworthy is Joseph's words to the cupbearer prior to his release. Listen to what Joseph said to him. When all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews, and even here I've done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon. Genesis 40, 14, and 15. It is this statement of Joseph to the cupbearer that indicates to me that Joseph did lament his circumstances. Lament was his starting place, but it was just that, a starting place. We have quickly seen Joseph move from lament to action. Action to make even the worst of circumstances better than it was in the place when he arrived there. Two years pass. Joseph is still in prison, forgotten by the cupbearer. But when Pharaoh has dreams, dreams that his advisors cannot interpret, the cupbearer finally remembers Joseph and relays the message to Pharaoh about Joseph interpreting his dreams. Joseph is brought to Pharaoh. He interprets his dream and advises Pharaoh on a plan to deal with the famine that will follow years of abundance. Pharaoh believes the dream and Joseph's interpretation. He also decides, and this is a crazy thing, he decides to put Joseph in charge of the whole land of Egypt, Genesis 41-43. Joseph's behavior as a slave made life better for his slave master, Potiphar. Joseph's behavior as a prisoner made life better for the prison warden and for the prisoners. And now Joseph is at Pharaoh's side, guiding the future health of all of Egypt. Seven years of plenty occur. 
just as Pharaoh's dream had predicted. Under Joseph's leadership, an ample storage of grain is acquired. Also, during that time, Joseph marries and has two sons with his wife. But there's one more chapter to his life. The famine, it comes, it begins. Not only in Egypt, but also in Canaan, where Joseph's father and his brothers are still living. Joseph's father, Jacob, hears of the grain available in Egypt. So he sends his 10 oldest sons to Egypt saying, go down there, buy some grain for us so that we may live and not die. Genesis 42, 2. Genesis 42 through 45 tell the full story of Joseph and his encounter with his brothers. Let me summarize it with these statements. Joseph recognizes his brothers, but they don't recognize him. Joseph blesses his brothers, and they are confused about this and frightened, but they still don't recognize him. When Joseph's brothers return a second time several years later, this time with his younger brother Benjamin, Joseph laments profoundly. Listen to what the scriptures tell us in Genesis 43.30. Deeply moved at the sight of his brother, Joseph hurried out and looked for a place to weep. He went into his private room and wept there. It was after that moment that Joseph finally makes himself known to his brothers. And there's excitement at this news and a palpable amount of fear. The brothers who had sold him are afraid that he will exact revenge for what they had done to him by selling him to the Midianites. But listen to Joseph as he speaks to them. Do not be distressed. Do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here, because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. Genesis 45, 45, excuse me, 45, 5. And later, after the death of his father, Jacob, Joseph once again reaffirms to his brothers that he held no grudge, saying to them, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then, don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. Genesis 50, 19 through 21. I'm convinced that Joseph started well with lament at all that happened to him. The lack of lament mentioned at the beginning may be because of his privileged position as the favored and most loved son. Disappointment had not been his experience as a boy in Jacob's home, not at all. In my experience, it is not uncommon for privileged people to have less lament, that is, expressed emotion, when it comes to personal loss, and especially when it comes to loss in the lives of other people. But we find in Joseph, this lament becomes expressed and real in his life as the years progress. And while the case is made that lament is a good starting place, Joseph gives us the example of what happens next, and it is of vital importance. Lament is meant to lead us to action. The lament psalms all do that. As persons of God, we are to make life better for others no matter our circumstances. Joseph did that for Potiphar. Joseph did that for the prison warden. Joseph did that for Pharaoh and Egypt. And also ultimately, Joseph did that for his older brothers. 
as persons of God, we're to make life better for others no matter our circumstances. Jesus proclaimed good news to the poor. Jesus proclaimed freedom for the prisoners. Jesus gave sight to the blind. Jesus set the oppressed free, Luke 4.18. And later, in response to John the Baptist's question, Jesus says, the blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor, Luke 7.22. As persons of God, we are to make life better for others no matter our circumstances. On his way into Jerusalem for the last time, Jesus lamented, weeping over the people of the city. And then from the cross, Jesus took the next step and said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Luke twenty-two thirty-four. Jesus' call in your life and in mine was two simple words. Follow me. I have watched many of you follow Jesus in these coronavirus pandemic days, lamenting the tragedy, the loss at so many levels, but also making masks, calling, texting, mailing, virtually visiting with others to stay connected and safe, making and delivering meals, grocery shopping and delivering them, groceries, volunteering to work on COVID wards at hospitals, supporting and blessing essential workers. You've been persons of God, making life better for others no matter our circumstances. I've watched many of you follow Jesus in these racial pandemic days, standing in solidarity with people of color, making signs, marching for justice. And this racial pandemic, my friends, will last longer than coronavirus. May we not be like I was in track and field, blessed with speed and tempered with a lack of endurance. This pandemic requires endurance and action, God's help and wisdom, for it will not be solved by anything but God's way by following Jesus and doing our part, each of us and all of us together, in making life better for others no matter our circumstances. May God help us as we follow his son Jesus and as together we make life better for others no matter our circumstances. Amen.